is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, it's so funny because yesterday we started talking about El Capitan and climbing this and that, and it was kind of funny, Max, you know, because it, it really came down to, I got home and my wife, Faith, she goes, all right, I might have to, I might have to fact check you. <laughs> she goes, I'm trying to remember the last time you got up on a ladder to clean the gutters. <laughs> I think I'm in trouble. You there, Max? <laughs> okay. Right now, we're trying to effort, Max. Okay, we're I'm there, here. Max. I'm here. All right. Did you hear my, my just scintillating <sighs> opening? I'm getting. Oh, I'm, I'm the good lady Faith is, is she's threatening to fact check me and call you. Oh yeah, and, and and just see you know when was the last time this guy got up on a ladder to clean the gutters? Or or, or just when's the last time the guy got on the ladder? <laughs> you know for anything, <laughs> any ladder. We'll, we'll take a step stool right now just to just to give you some save your face on that one. I got to save face, uh, yeah, I got a step stool. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just just two steps. <laughs> two steps qualifies, Wolf. Oh, and my we goodness. And we can save ourselves. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> that was funny. You know, I have to admit, we get the the big Lamartina on there, Brian Lamartina. Uh, he gets on with us, and, of course, again, he is the guy that is do, does the mountaineering stuff that has climbed the same thing as Alex Honnold on the El Capitan. I, I just – it was hysterical, though, as we got along comparing – being on a ladder cleaning gutters to being on a mountain. Yeah, exactly. We were like, we'll just we'll just take any height above ground level. <laughs> uh, it was literally we were finding the smallest thing. Did did you hop over a crack? You know something, uh, just just to get us in the qualification zone because we know that you and I no. will never be on a mountain on no. purpose. No, <laughs> especially <laughs> hanging off the side of it. De- definitely never hanging. We're just trying to get on the mountain in the first place. <laughs> I think we'll do the chopper to the top, okay? Can you just... No question. <laughs> well, and Max, even then, I don't need to put my feet on said mountain if I'm on the chopper on top of the mountain. I just... It qualifies. I'm I was up there. I saw it. it. I saw it. It's good. We're, we're yeah. good. You know, yeah. I, I forgot to ask Lamartine if he ever saw Bigfoot up there. You know, if you're on a mountain somewhere, Ooh. you know, I mean, because don't like Bigfoots go along, you know, some of those big old mountains that he's been on. I don't know. That may we may have to bring him back in another time for. Have you seen a Bigfoot? You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you had to have seen something when, when you're when you're up there in, in God's creation. You know, sometimes other creations are up there too. That they're still God's <laughs> children or creatures. <laughs> Or, or it was one of us that was trying to get off get, the mountain. I'm going to wait to see how you get out of this one. All right. Yeah, I would say. Or, or it, it was one of us trying to get off said mountain, and That's we true. just happened to be just woolen by that time. You're woolen. Exactly so. All right, let's leave El Capitan, and let's talk about El Captain. You like that? A little yeah. play on words. Ooh, you know? Ooh, I like huh? it. Yeah, it's a little early for it, but we, we, we went for it. All right, so. We haven't talked about the captains being named yet. And, of course, that was Najee Harris, Mitch Trubisky, T.J. Watt, Miles Killebrew, and, of course, Captain Cam for the eighth year in a row. And um, let's make no bones about it. It's Captain Cam is the guy, right? But let me ask you something. As you look at these five guys, all worthy 
players, all excellent players in their own right. Any surprises? Um, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. When I look at it, I think this is exactly what you wanted to see, what we would expect. Mitch Trubisky, I thought, was a, was a very cool nod because, once again, the teammates have to decide that, you know, who's going right. to be that captain. And them to pick Mitch Trubisky and him actually be the starter, I think, says a lot volume-wise mm-hmm. as far as his leadership skills, the impact that he's made in such a short time on this team. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a quarterback is the unequivocal leader because of his position. His deeds usually speak to that. So that was a great nod for Mitch Trubisky. Najee, second-year player, mm. El Capitan. <laughs> yes. Um, I think when you look at last year, the body of work that he did, what he did to really help this offense um, just prove how integral of a part he will be of this team moving forward. And this is just a nod to him being the type of guy that he is and and getting that honor uh, bestowed upon him. So it, 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 it's it's awesome. Uh, Captain Cam, what is this, year eight in a row or nine yes, in a row? eight I in mean, a row. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I mean, do we even do we even need to say anything else? I mean, he no. is – the Steelers, when you think of the Pittsburgh Steelers as it stands, I mean, he is he is that face. He is that voice. Um, T.J. Watt, uh, reigning, reigning sack champion, overall overall motor of the team, I'm just saying. And I mean, defensive player of the year. D-P-O-Y. Yeah, D-P-O-Y. You know, uh, there you uh, go. D-P-O, D- D-P-O-Y 21, right? Yes. Um, should have been two times, but we're not gonna we're not gonna squabble over that. He's still the all time sack leader for single season in our minds. Yes. Um, but but yeah, I mean th- those two guys. You if you want to look to a leader, and you know, and Coach Tomlin talked about in the press release was you know some leaders lead by action, some le- some leaders lead by voice, but most of the time they lead by both. And I think T.J. Watt is definitely a both kind of guy, and Cam's a both kind of guy. There's no no question at all about that. I think it's absolutely correct. I think the one guy that surprised me was Miles Killebrew because I thought Derek Watt might be the guy, but then Derek not participate in any of the preseason games because of uh, being dinged up a little bit. Well, then I can understand, you know, because I think Miles is yeah. a, a serious dude. I really like the guy. I met him one time when we were down at Light of Life in the rescue mission on the north side. Uh couple of years ago when uh, the players were uh, down there on they'd go down and uh, serve some dinner at times there you know and I thought that what a great thing you know with no fanfare not telling anybody about it anything like that but they they showed up on the day and and they'd uh, you know be uh, working in the in the kitchen and so forth and in the dining hall and I thought that's a spectacular way to show a little servanthood to be you know the hands and feet of Jesus there doing doing something for the homeless, for those guys and, and gals, because uh, right now Light Life has, uh, you know, housing for both. And to be able to do that, I, I just thought it was spectacular. Miles Killebrew was one of the guys, and I know he probably wouldn't want me talking about it, but uh, you know what, I just slid it out there anyhow. Yeah, it's okay. You spilled the beans. We yes, know I that. Did. Do not do not tell Wolf any secrets uh, <laughs> as it stands right now. Or if you are going to uh, have a secret, make him climb on a ladder first. <laughs> <laughs> we'll settle for the step stool. Okay, we'll settle for the step stool. There we go. But you must stand on the step stool to read the secret, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Oh boy, could I go down yeah. on that one? Oh man, but but here's the thing. I mean, Miles Killebrew. You think about 
kind of the impact plays that he made a year ago. Right. Um, on special teams. Buffalo, He's a core yeah. four guy, right? He's a Thunderbolt. And I think it, it is a proper thing. And he handled his business at training camp. And I think you're right. That was the difference between just kind of giving it to Derek Watt versus Miles Killebrew earning it in that instance is, you know, this is for this year. This is for your deeds now leading up and this accumulation of what you've done. Um, and I think Miles Killebrew has, has, a couple, has a couple of sneaky plays in his system still left for this 2022 season. I think he's, uh, I think he's reloaded some of the trickery, block puntings or block kicks. Um, and I think he's one of those guys, he, he's a sure tackler. When you watch him run down the field, he, he's zeroed in and he's locked in and focused. You know, the interesting thing to me when I think about Miles Killebrew, I'm sorry, not Miles Killebrew, but Mitch Trubisky, is, you know, from day one, he came in and really kind of set a pace as a leader. And the guys talked about it throughout the entire offseason. Uh, guys, you know, I mean, Najee flew into town the day or so that uh, uh, Mitch was, was was signed here to uh, that weekend, I guess, to meet. You know, and I, 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 I mean, it's, it's like he really gravitated to that position of leadership in a way that began from the get-go. And nothing has changed any of the players' minds because you think about it, they didn't even know if he was going to be the starter basically going into the season. I mean, you had you, you had some knowledge, okay? I'm sure there was some insider knowledge, as you know and I know. When you're in the locker room like that, when you're a player, you understand what it is and you see it from the inside out. And it's a different matter than what the outsiders see from the outside in. But at the same time, you still aren't guaranteed that this is going to be the guy all year long. And it's hard to lead from the bench, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely tough to lead from the bench. Um, ha- have guys, I'm sure, been in those positions before? I'm sure, but it's very uncommon. And when you select a season captain, that means you have all intents and purposes and expectations of that individual being at the front of the line and leading from the front uh, for, for the entire season, unless something catastrophic happens. Yeah. And we certainly hope nothing catastrophic happens. That's... That's absolutely, no. you know. But I, I'll say this, and not to cast dispersion on anybody or any of those uh, four guys, but all these guys, the captain, the guy that, that really is the guy is Cam. I mean, it's Captain Cam. It was the same way with, with Joe Green. You know, back in the day when Joe – I'll never forget Joe. I, I was I was so in awe of Joe when I first came to this Pittsburgh. I mean, you have to be a – you know, growing up in the 70s and in, in, in be a, you know, Steelers fan and NFL fan and to be captivated by who Joe Green was. And I'll never forget my rookie year. We lost to the Raiders on Monday night football, 45 to 34. Okay. Monday night football, Howard Cosell, Dandy Don, and uh, Frank Gifford, right? The Gifford. They're in Pittsburgh. They're calling the game and everything. We lose 45 30. Now, I can tell you a couple of things. Number one, Joe hated losing number two he hated losing stupidly and we had uh, multiple penalties and missed assignments that you know we pretty much gave the game away or shot our toes off let's just say it put it that way and then number three he hated losing stupidly to the Oakland Raiders because the Raiders and the Steelers at that time were engaged in that back and forth stuff off the heels off the the great immaculate uh, reception by Franco and Terry and so forth so we lose 45-34. We come in the locker room, and it's a, 
it's you know I'm pulling my shoulder pads off and the jersey is taped to the shoulder pads two way tape so you always need help getting it off and so I'm pulling the, the thing off and Tunch is pulling on it tugging on it or some or somebody was right there and uh, so I'm pulling off and I get it halfway over my head so that my head is un, you know inside the jersey and underneath the shoulder yeah. pads and all of a sudden you're bang. And all of a sudden, I, I I can't get whoever it was was helping me. Everybody was stunned and turned around to, to to where the sound was. And now I'm flailing about. You know, I can't I can't see. I can't get the shoulder pads. Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, oh. Max, I literally bent forward so I could look out the neck hole, the head hole, and the shoulder pads so I could see what's going on. And I hear this like growl. And I look over, and I see this this helmet was rattling around in a in a in, in, in one of the lockers. And I look up at the thing; it says green. And then I kind of pivoted to the right a little bit where the locker room door was. And there's Joe, and he's just kind of growling everybody. I hear him say, and he said this in some other words. He said, "It's a little too dadgum loud in here." And it get it got quiet as being in church. I mean, there was silence. The entire locker room, 45 guys, or at that time, 40 guys, 40, yeah. 40, 45 guys, whatever it was, everybody went silent. And I'm still flailing. <laughs> I just stopped. What are you going to do? I can't get out of my shoulder pads. I can't. Nobody's helping me at this point. And then all of a sudden, boom, everybody went back to normal after a pause of about 15, 20 seconds. You know, and it, everyone's like, okay, Joe's not going to lose it totally. <laughs> But that's what a yeah. captain does. That's you know that's coming in and schooling the young people while also demonstrating. Look at you didn't take this game seriously enough. You know there's too much whatever. Whether it's not people paying attention to their assignments, people not being prepared to go out and play. But that was that was just unacceptable. Is what Joe was saying in that moment. And I, I think that's what a captain does. That's what I picture a captain being. Just like. Mean Joe Green. No, absolutely. And by the way, that sound, that really sounds like an SNL skit with Chris Farley. Um, <laughs> not even going to lie to you. Oh, it would have been. Guy, fat guy in a little jersey. That's it. Uh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but, no, I mean, and, and that's, that, that, that's a leader. That's one of the aspects you think of when you think of a leader is that they are in a position to make sure that they have an impact on, on the team on the modicum operandi you know what i'm saying oh oh, wait a minute modicum operandi where oh yeah i'm I'm gonna get a text from hoopy right now it's gonna max is killing it (laughs) max is now speaking latin um no (laughs) (laughs) yes or or modus operandi however you want to say it Um, exactly but uh but but i but i think the biggest thing is is that a leader has the example or the tone set for the team. The identity of the team rests in how you pick your captains. And your captain is the one that's going to be unsaid face of the team for this year. The way the team plays is indicative and reflective of the captain. The way a team you know, handles themselves decorum-wise is indicative of the captain because the example's been set. Hey, if TJ if TJ and Cam don't say it defensively, you ain't saying it defensively. No. If if Mitch and Najee don't say it, you're not saying it. And I think and, and the funny thing is, you look at their personalities. I think this is a perfect cross section of personalities. <laughs> uh, 
because you do have the intensity on the defensive side from Cam and from TJ. And then you have kind of the level-headed, kind of modest, lead-by-example type on the offensive side. And then Miles Killebrew is just, you know, X-factor. Um, but I think that that's also good because if, if you saw just four mean people across the front, you'd be like, ooh, okay, this team uh, – <laughs> I don't know if I can go interview these guys after a loss. At least you feel somewhat like, okay, we can still have a have a good conversation, uh, at least about the game. If you know, if there's a mix of guys, because it's like the personality traits kick in. Because I mean, ultimately, when you're picking a Captain Wolf, yes, you're picking somebody that you want to emulate as far as either how they carry themselves off the field, how they how they handle their business on the field. And it's a reflection of what you want to be. It's aspirational right. when you pick a leader. And so you look at this team and you say, okay, there's a good there's a good amount of both. Let me ask you this. Have you ever have you ever had a, a players only meeting without the coaches? All right. So it's gen, it's run by the captains. Have you ever had a players meeting called that actually did any good? And I'll I'll put it this way. It don't in my twelve years. There was probably a handful, three or four, something like that. But it was only one that, in my mind, was impactful, and it was Joe that called it. You know, and I, I can't remember what year, but he spoke, and people listened. You know, I mean, it was like EF hunting all over again. And and that, to me, was another sign of the incredible respect that he demanded as a player and as a leader and as someone who walked the walk and could walk bigger than he talked. Uh yeah, I, I I had I had one as well, and it was ran by another Joe, a Joe E Porter. Ah, okay. Yeah, you see what I did there? Yeah, yeah I there like we it. go. Yeah, you know you are hot as a two dollar pistol. Buddy. <sighs> I tell you what, at least I don't misfire. I tell you that much. <laughs> at least not to my knowledge. That's everything hits. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's for the bullet. That's for the bullet. Uh, uh, <laughs> No, but um, but Joey Porter called one in two thousand and five, um, and it was it was a moment we were in the midst of a losing streak, and kind of called us all together, and we had a conversation, and let's just say it ended with Jerome Bettis getting back home for his final game. Ah, yeah. So that was yeah. quite the um, impassioned speech, I would imagine, from dear Joey, huh? Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. I mean that, that that and and that's one of those that will always stick in my mind because it just went to show you that you know they can't have impact, especially when it's delivered from a person you respect. Now it's different if somebody else called it that was not a captain. I don't know if it would have had the same impact, but because Joey called it, and and it was and and it was a it was a specific conversation. It was a necessary conversation, and it was a meaningful conversation, obviously by the result of said players-only meeting. Mm. Well, you know, they often are more of a pain than they are anything else. In those two instances, such as the one I just talked about with Joe Green and you with Joe Porter, um, says a lot, you know, about the leadership qualities of the men. And when they speak – when people respond, that's a big thing because, for the most part, uh, <laughs> I've never that. That's the only one I remember that was any any good. You know, I mean, there was others, yeah. but 
yeah, nothing really happened. But when Joe yeah, it was spoke, more a gripe changed. session. It's a gripe session more often than not. Yeah, true. Um, if, if guys do call it, um, but like you said, the right moment, the right voice, the right conversation can can do wonders um, for a team. And I, I trust me, I'm a living example of that. You know, that conversation struck a chord with all of us. Right. And accountability is another thing. A captain has to be a guy who holds people accountable for their actions because if you don't, then guys run roughshod in a lot of those situations. And you don't want anybody running roughshod because I think it's it's going to be something that's going to uh, fall on deaf ears if it's just a gripe session. Like you said, more pain in the butt than anything else. But, Wolf, we're going we're gonna to step aside. And speaking of <laughs> pains in the butts, we're going to start previewing the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I like that. You know, this is a good segue, right? Yeah, good it segue. Works. It works. Um, but, yeah, on the other side of this uh, commercial break, you will be listening to In the Locker Room with Wolf, with Starks, with the Ninja, here on SNR and ESPN Radio. Regular season, Steelers will open this Sunday in Paycor Stadium against the Bengals. An AFC North matchup, hot, fresh, out the gates, Wolf. And this is a team, I mean, you think about it, this really sets you up in the division. This mm-hmm. puts you king of the roost early on because... You're gonna you're gonna test your medal against against the the reigning uh, champ, no uh, doubt of our oh, division. Sorry, Max, I didn't mean to jump in on your lead there, my friend. Just no worries, no worries. <laughs> I know you're excited. I'm Just excited. Don't jump off sides. Yes. Just don't jump off sides. You know, one time, Max, <laughs> I jumped off sides three times in practice. It was and it was a Ooh. Friday practice, and Chuck Chuck was livid, right? And Chuck comes oh, up. Yeah, he comes up to me. He goes, you know, a kindergartner has an attention span. Of about 15 seconds. You know, a first grader, you can get them there in about 45 to a minute. You know, uh, uh, a second grader, you you know, a couple minutes, right? You couldn't remember the snap count from eight yards deep to the time you got to the line of scrimmage? Where does that put you? (laughs) I I didn't have an answer. I, I could see that. I mean, that that kind of... uh, It's hard, man. Kind of very indicative there. No, I mean... You know, it, it is tough. I mean, you know, uh, to count to, to either three or one or whatever that number might be. Um, but I get it. I get it. I get it. it uh, well, think about it's it. It's all good. The Bengals total what? Outscored the Steelers 65-20, I believe, in the two games last year. Um, that's that's pretty good whooping in both, you know, both games, both the home game and the away game. Yeah, no, that 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 is a uh, especially the first one was more of a war of attrition, right? Right. You know, you kind of you kind of had um, some different things going on, right? Uh, in that first game, trying to feel each other out. It was an earlier game in the year, but yeah, the second game it le- it left no doubts. Um, <laughs> they 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 were the team to beat right out the gates as soon as you said go. They were they they were on top of it, and it it made for a very tough uh, game and watch um, and call because you just knew that this squad was was on their p's and q's, and the Steelers were not at that point able to really have consistency. I think a, a, as a unit, 
Like we just we just weren't there. We didn't have it in that game. They were just the better team that it that it figured it out a lot sooner than we did. And I'm hoping that this year we're we're going to see a different approach from the squad, a different mindset that really gets the guys ready to go. And it says, okay, this is a new year. This is a new team. We've we've learned from the demons of the past, right? And we and we are here for the 2022 season. We're, we will not give quarter. We will not ask for quarter. No, and we don't seek gonna, sympathy. Nope. We don't seek sympathy, and we don't <clears throat> seek comfort. Yes, you know. Unless so, we're on a ladder or a stool, you know, a high stool. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and it's and and it's more so. You know, we're 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 we're, see, we're seeking uh, we're seeking groundedness. <laughs> we want to be grounded. Yes, you want to be grounded. Everybody want wants to be grounded. You know, <laughs> it's not. It's you know, it's just man. If man was meant to be up in the sky, they would have given him wings. That's a you good know? point. That's a good point, I'm my just friend. Say it. God did not give us wings, so <laughs> I, I I plan on not looking for wings. You know, unless <laughs> unless it's on an airplane. Yes, I got you, my friend. So you think about this, 65 to 20, that's a lot of points to be outscored by. Now, you you got to go with what Mike Tomlin said. If you want a simplified answer to why we lost as badly as we did, it was what? The turnovers. Turnovers are the key. Well, turnovers and actually being able to move the ball down the field. Right. Right. That, well, that would be that would be the other one. Well, you think about it. I mean, the Steelers were minus three in turnovers in the first game, and that was a 24-14 loss at home. The Steelers turned the ball over twice. Ben got picked twice. And then in the uh, Cincy, in Cincy, what do you call it? Cincinnati? Nasty? Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. That okay. That's the professional term. Okay. <laughs> in Cincinnati, the Steelers turned the ball over three times, and – it was uh, Ben was was picked sixth by Mike Hilton of all people, but Mike Hilton he with the stealth yeah. mode. Yeah, that 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 one that one kind of hurt there. That, that one I'm not gonna lie. That one <laughs> that one that one hurt. Of all the guys to pick the ball off, it had to be you, Michael Hilton. Yes, yes, no doubt about it. Well, here's the thing about it: as I look at this Cincinnati uh, unit. And we'll get more into breaking down the uh, the scouting report tomorrow, but again, they've really upped their offensive line, my friend. I mean, you know, that's what Joe Burrow was was sacked seventy times last year. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Seventy times. Somebody Eight is in a playoff game and still won. Yeah, that's how do you overcome that? That's amazing. That that it's 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 astounding to say. It is. I mean, it's almost like you have to try at that point. Yeah, <laughs> have that many sacks. It's almost like okay, okay. Can we break the record? Let's see, guys. Let's see, guys. That guy looks cross-eyed right now. I'm going for him. <laughs> He's cross-eyed. He's getting beat like a rented mule to throw exactly. in the Pittsburgh term from the great Mike Lang. Yeah. Yes, no doubt about it. But oh. it, you know, the, the games last year were really kind of warped. The first game they rushed for 90 yards, and then the second game they rushed for 198 yards. No, I mean, and that just kind of shows the balance of this team. I think that that's an important factor that we can't overlook is that this was a this is a very balanced squad a year ago. And, you know, you wonder if they're going to be the same. You always question if they're going to be the same. But at the same aspect, they did a lot of good things as a team. And can we combat that? 
can we go at them in a way that doesn't allow them to be that efficient force that they were a year ago? That that that's a that's a big question. There's no doubt. I mean, uh, I there is some trepidation that I'm feeling. There, there's no doubt about it. Look, I take a look at those. You know, they they got about a half a ton of meat on the hoof between three guys: Josh Topu, you got uh, DJ Reader, and BJ Hill. I mean, if I got the names all correct, there. I mean, those uh, guys. Yes, you did. Yeah, DJ Reader is three thirty-five. BJ Hill is he listed him at three eleven. He he looks more no. than that. Yeah, that's no. yeah, that that you know. And Josh Topu is another three hundred and forty pound guy. I mean, I think that's all before breakfast. I'm sure they weighed, you know, those guys because you look in the oh you take a look sweat at the session, bre- oh. you know, drinking water. What breakfast? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't eat breakfast. <laughs> well, you look at all they look like ten pounds of potatoes in a five pound sack when you take a look at them in their unis. You know, I mean, Gadzooks, man, that's a lot of meat up front. And you're not even talking about the twin terrors at the ends and Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. So there's, there's, this is going to be a, a defense that's going to test you. Oh, it is. And then they also they went in the draft this year and got Zach Carter, kid from University of Florida, who I know very well. Right. And, uh, and Dax and, Hill, and he, too. Yeah, and Dax – I mean, and he's a cheeseburger away from 300. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, <laughs> so – that's it. Is is whether it's at the if you weigh in the morning or if you weigh late in the day. I mean, it, it, <laughs> so it, it's it, it's going to be a challenge um, with their defensive front and for this offensive line. Communications at a premium. Yes. Like you have to talk. You have to know what your assignment is, and you need to know what your buddy is doing. I think that is imperative in this game of all games because you know it's one thing to see some things slide. Um, as you, let's say, in the preseason, as you work on your communication skills, right? But it's another thing to turn a guy that has pure ill will in his heart um, and, and that guy can, can, can really ruin the day of your offense. And I think that's something that has to be imperative to this group, that has to be kind of bestowed upon them, is that the, now it's real. The bullets are live. And I know you guys think the you know the bullets are live, but it's another thing to go out there and have intention with that purpose. And so that's why you know it's going to be really important to make sure that the guys are locked in, they're ready to rock and roll, and th- whatever questions you have, well, it's on film for the next couple of weeks. I mean, just rest assured that everybody knows that they're coming after the offensive line. It's it's not a doubt in their mind. No. So you have to go out there. And you have to put it on tape that we're not to be messed with, and that's a, and that's a mindset, and that's an intention that that this team has to come out and set. And as an offensive line unit, you should be ready to relish that opportunity to go out there and prove everybody wrong in this instance, because it's not about proving people right at this point. No, the right was that I was the right choice. Now go prove them right that I deserve to start. No and question, that I deserve to be an integral part of this team. All right, next up, there's no breeze like the cool breeze. The great Jerry Dulac, he joins us in the locker room to discuss all things Steelers and Cincinnati. Yeah, right here on SNR. Getting it.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. And, of course, this would be the moment in time where I say, brought to you by Frank B. Fuhrer, wholesaler, you know, proud distributor Budweiser and Coors Products, who sponsors the great Jerry Dulac, but we've got some phone issues, so we have not been able to get Jerry here. But hopefully we'll be able to get him and uh, move on from here. But unfortunately, we got to shift things around here a little bit. And so, Max, i got to ask you about um, Deontay Johnson. Are you worried at all about his shoulder? You know, he was limited in practice yesterday. Uh, you know, he doinked himself in the, the last game there. And, uh, you know, what he – and i got to admit, that was a great go route. Man, when he was stretched out for that ball, you know, that was pretty amazing there. Um but are you worried about his participation in, in Cincinnati, my friend? Uh, I'm worried a little bit just because we know how injuries can be, and especially a shoulder for a wide receiver is something you don't take lightly. Um, so I, I am just a, a smidge worried. Right. Um, but at the same time, big-time players come through in big-time moments. So I think if Deontay can go, I'm sure – He's going to do everything in his power to make sure that he's in a position to where he he can help the team be successful. So, I I, I rest a, I rest a lot in faith there, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. But right. I think I think he I think he will be a guy who who, as a game time decision goes, I think you, he will find a way to get back on the field. You know, I have the same similar feeling. I mean, um, when you jack your shoulder up like that, it it certainly hurts. But as long as, as you have full range of movement, and, of course, it's a little different for us. You know, down in the trenches, uh, nobody finishes out with healthy shoulders. I mean, each and every Ooh. year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's, that's just part of the deal. Um, even now, I, I laughingly always remind people, and they say, here, throw me the football, and I underhand throw it, and they go, you can't throw over? And I go, hey, listen, I come from the trapping era, okay? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, just... there's no overhand there. No, no, there's no overhand. I mean, and granted, I you know what I used to do, Wolf? What's that? I actually used to do this. Before games, I would actually go out and throw the football. It was kind of like my, my little my little zen moment, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. Yeah, that, that died after about year four because uh, <laughs> you realize that I don't have the shoulder mobility for that anymore. Uh, and it was one of those where I was just like, you know, do I really need to throw? I'm not going to use this skill set anymore. You start justifying a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Now, and I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't need it as much. You know, I just need to warm up, run around the field a little bit, you know, and I'll just call it a day. <laughs> now, you know, you just sparked something. I mean, I, I'm thinking about how much I used to enjoy watching James Ferrier come up and jump on Casey Hampton back in the day when you were out there in your warm when when they do the pre warm up warm up you know i mean i thought oh, it was hilarious yeah. you know it was like yeah. casey knew it was coming but he didn't know when it was going to come and all of a sudden Ferry would be over there diving on him or something and a couple of guys maybe yeah you know and, and, but i mean but that's also you know one of the cool parts about you know when you have great teammates right you guys could have that kind of fun and also it loosens the tension before a game right true because True. everybody's so serious, everybody's so stiff, and also you're speaking about a captain right there in James Ferrier. There you go of of the team, and those are just the little things that by leading, 
because if somebody's tense and and quiet and stiff and you know he's got the thousand yard stare, everybody else is going to tend to be like that. And True. and some guys might not be built that way. And sometimes you need that kind of icebreaker to cut the tension. And James James just knew when to do it. I mean James also knew when to turn it up and, and get vocal. But he also had just a natural leadership sense about him, which was always awesome, right? You know, like you said, your team takes the identity of your captains. And to have someone like James Ferrier in there to counterbalance a James Harrison type, you know, you, you, you need that balance. You have to have the yin and the yang. <laughs> the yin and the yang, absolutely. <laughs> You know, hey, what you do? What I was talking about. Yeah, there I we did. go. I did. I, I got it. it was just it just caught me like a, a surprise one. That was that was pretty good. So here here's where I was going though with with the Deontay before I got sidetracked because you you know it's funny because it's it's like um it, I feel sometimes I'm like squirrel you know <laughs> something shoots across <laughs> the brain you know and then it's like you got to grab it before you lose track of it or, or it just directs you that way. But I'm moving back to. Deontay Johnson, I'm hoping that his participation is going to be, uh, you know, in, in Cincinnati because you need that guy. That guy is just fabulous. Yeah. But, you know, it, it doubles down on how much we, I would have loved to seen Calvin Austin III be able to contribute and not end up on the IR. You know what I mean? I, mean, yeah. I, look, at, I look at that. You think about that. 4.32 speed. That was his 40 time at the combine. 4.32. I mean, that's like, that's fast. That's really fast, man. This is not slow. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it is not slow. Right. But, but you're right. I mean, you want that speed out there. But, but here's the other thing I will say. If Deontay can't go, I think we have a lot of guys who got a lot of rest because Deontay, during the holdout, guys got to have an opportunity to get in rhythm with Mitch. Right. So whether you put a Gunnar Osheski out there, whether you put a Steven Sims or a Miles Boykin out there, I think you still have some viable options that really change the matchup of this game, but also gives Cincinnati something else that they have to study for because these guys are also dynamic in their own ways. They've all had big play moments um, in the preseason that you feel comfortable with them going into a game and, and working alongside Chase Claypool and George Pickens, the Twin Towers, um, at the wide receiver position, I, th I think it could still be a very, very good thing for us, even if Deontay doesn't, because now you're getting valuable reps in-game, in-conference, in-division, like a trifecta, right, mm -hmm. um, of, of opportunity and pressure to perform. And I think this is where you'll see diamonds created. Ooh, that nice. That's uh, that's a nice euphemism. You know, I like that. Yeah, you know. But here, yeah. here here's another thing. Because again, the squirrel just shot by my brain. So I, okay. I I'm, I'm looking at that four three two speed. And I, it, it caused me to go back and and kind of go over some stats. And I was wondering who had the fastest forty. Now you know what I I came up with, and it was a handheld. But they 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 claim they they. Clocked Bo Jackson in four point one three. That that's because you were staring at Bo Jackson before he actually ran, and you forgot to start the clock. Like that. That's <laughs> he was that, a that, stud, man. Yeah, he was. He was a stud. I mean, tremendous athlete. I mean, it, listen, Bo no, Bo knows everything. Okay, just just know that. <laughs> exactly. Bo knows it all. Now there was a guy Bo at Texas Tech, a wide receiver, 
named Jakeem Grant, who back in 2016, on a, again, on a manual watch, but he, he supposedly ran a 4.10. That was pretty quick. But here's the I one mean, that really yeah. grabbed me. You, you know who the great Usain Bolt is, right? Absolutely. All right. He, at a Super Bowl thing, some sort of production that was in conjunction with the Super Bowl, he ran a legitimate uh, electronic time 4.22. That's pretty fast. <laughs> it is. So th- just to think, if Usain Bolt, the fastest man in the world, dubbed the fastest man in the world, ran a 4.2, it's hard for me to postulate Ooh. or justify that someone ran a four one. We're, you know, we're you coming know. big, man. You're you're playing big ball here, man. You're big league. Yeah, you me know. Now. L- listen, I, I'm just, I'm going for extra points with Hoopy right now. <laughs> <laughs> and for those that don't know, Hoopy is my mom who listens to the show, and she loves the fact that Max comes up with big words that, as she says, honey, it shows that he went to class. All right, he went to class and he actually listened and did his work, which would point to you that. I didn't, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, and I didn't. <laughs> yes. Oh, but, my gosh. But, well, hey, hey, listen. It's all good, Wolf. <laughs> it all balances out in the circle of life. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, my friend. But, you know, when you think about that speed, that's amazing. And that's why Kelvin Austin would have been so wonderful to have as part of this, you know, going into Cincinnati and being able to do something there, especially if – Deontay is not capable of being able to put some uh, big big numbers up there. But, you know, we hope that he can make it. That's for sure. And, of course, Calvin Austin is on the IR. He's not going to make it. It's interesting to me in thinking about who can pick up some of the, you know, the, the, the uh, targets that are going to be there. And um, you know what? I keep watching. I was watching the film last night until I was bleary-eyed. And I, I, I just hope that there was some – there's going to be some serious production, I'm sure, from the Friar Muth. There's no doubt in my mind there's not a guy out there. They they can't cover the Friar Muth. I don't think so. No, I, I think I think Pat provides such a such a such a mismatch challenge for a lot of teams that it's gonna be tough to do that. But I think the biggest thing is as long as we have the the protection, we can get the production. And you've got to have the protection up front to be able to utilize those weapons, and that's gonna be a key. And I think that's something that everybody's kind of focusing on, you know, because I was on um, I was on Dave Lapham and Dan Hort's show last night in uh, Cincy. And you by know, the they way, were Lapham's about- a Syracuse man. You know that, right? Oh, oh, uh, uh, I you know I must recuse myself of the cuse. <laughs> he is a Syracuse <laughs> man. Yes. Now we didn't play um, together, but he was before me. Okay. Well, hey, you know that that is awesome. So that means he played he played with my pops. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. And and so it was it was an interesting conversation because they're kind of having the same conversation. These their five up front have not played together in a game. So you know there was not many guys in the preseason. You saw any starters? They hardly played yeah. any starters at all in the preseason. Yeah. So I mean, so they had some similar concerns that you revamp this offensive line, so to speak, and yet these guys haven't played together. They don't know how to play. So th- so Dave, Dave was actually kind of, you know, concerned about the fact that they hadn't played together in the preseason. How would they respond in the regular season? 
And that's the one advantage I think we do have is our starters have all played together. And they've got they've already gotten some reps together. Right. But at the same time, not all reps are are, are made the same, Wolf, as we you and I both know. <laughs> or sacks. Um, yes, or sacks. <laughs> or or the hits category. Yes. That's not, another. Not ta- and not talking about music. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no boy bands uh, here. Nah, definitely no boy bands. But I think, you know, that that's where that's where I look at it and I say, okay, this is something where I hadn't thought about it from that perspective is that they haven't played together at all and ours have at least played together. And yes, was it good, bad, or indifferent? All reps are good reps for the offensive line as a unit. Now, technique is a different story, but at least they're working together. They're working on, they've got a jump start on a team that supposedly has this great touted off season of bringing in free agents but it sounds good on paper because two of the guys got Super Bowl rings, but it's a different thing for them to work together game in and game out and work with a different quarterback that's not named Tom Brady. True. Good point. And, again, because, this, four yeah. of those guys are brand new, four of the starters. Yeah, four brand new guys. So, I mean, I look at it and I say, oh, our defense our defense should be eating this week um, because no, no matter how good they are, You've still got to go out and you've got to play the game and you got to play it every snap. And for both of these guys, Ted Karras might have a little bit of history playing against the Steelers, but Alex Kappa, not. Lyle Collins, I think maybe once. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's something to see them twice a year versus once every four years. No doubt about it. All right, Max, so, what do we got coming up next, my friend? Well, what do we have? Well, let's see. Are we getting Jerry? Or are we not getting Jerry? Has okay, the this is part stopped? of the problem. The efforting is, yeah, we, we're, we're not going to be able to get him that we know of, at least not in the next segment. So okay. we're going to move All right. on. That's, uh, okay, sounds good. Well, when we come back, we're going to hear from players' perspectives about playing against the Bengals and playing an AFC North opponent in week one. Got to wait to see who it's going to be from. I think it might be a captain. Wolf, but you'll find out on the other side of this commercial break. You're listening to In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.